You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with a special friend, uh, somebody that I got to meet earlier this year, uh, Gerard Littlejohn, who uh, represents and works with the Steve Smith Foundation. And the Steve Smith Foundation, I'm sure if you are in Charlotte and you don't know who Steve Smith is, then you've been living under a rock. But let's talk a little bit about what the Steve Smith Foundation is. What do they stand for? And we can't wait to, to talk to Gerard to hear some of the specifics, but let's talk about it. If you know anything about Panthers football, you know one of the greatest ever to play at Bank of America Stadium is Steve Smith Sr. And if you know anything about Steve Smith, you probably know the phrase, ice up, son. I actually got that t-shirt. It was awesome when he came out with that. (laughs) Um, Well, not only is the Panthers great in the Hall of Honor, uh, he's doing some very honorable work in our community. And the Steve Smith Foundation has committed itself to stopping domestic violence and promoting emotional, physical, medical, and spiritual needs uh, to those families. Uh, The Smith Family Wellness Center provides medical care for families and events like the Strike out domestic violence and lace up son 5k raise money to support these amazing programs gerard is their executive director so he really does all of the work uh behind the scenes and and probably doesn't get as much of the credit but i know you do a, a lot of that work and, and you're you're really part of that and and you you your passions around that and i love it and i can't wait to hear a little bit more about that so thank you uh gerard welcome to the brand builders podcast and thank you for joining us we cannot wait to hear a little bit more about the steve smith foundation and what you guys have planned here for the future and thanks for having me. What a what a what a great intro. That was very yeah, well researched and very. Uh, <laughs> we I, I better be researched. And you know, I'm listening. I'm listening. Like who who does all that stuff? Oh, it's us, right? That's pretty. That's pretty. That was really good. Thank you. And you know, I I, I missed this point, but this is going to be our 150th episode. We wanted to make sure this was special. So Gerard, you will be our 150th episode on the Brand Builders Podcast. Look at that one one fifty one fifty. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for joining us, Gerard. We, I appreciate, we appreciate you guys you. having me. Yes, sir. Thank you for you know investing a little time with us this morning. You have a background in sports marketing, specifically working with great names like Lowe's and Dick Sporting Goods and even the Charlotte Bobcats. How did you get involved with the Steve Smith Foundation? Great question. So to your point, I, I had a really long career. I shouldn't say long, but I had, a, I had a pretty lengthy career in sports marketing. And so while I was at Dick Sporting Goods, I was just kind of evaluating myself and trying to figure out, you know, what's next in my life. I had, to your point, I had been with some of these really great brands and had done a lot of really good work. But for me, I was trying to figure out what was meaningful and still trying to figure out how do I tie sports and really giving back into one. My role with Dick Sporting Goods was community marketing manager. So really that role was kind of this hybrid role of community relations and sponsorship marketing. So it was really right in my wheelhouse. But I knew I wanted to kind of get back on the the athlete side, kind of the side that I was on when I was working in the NBA for the Bobcats. And so started thinking of, you know, who was someone that I'd really like to work with? And I've got a mentor of mine, his name's Jeff Hood. And it just so happens that Jeff and Steve were really close. Jeff used to run this organization called Athletes United for Youth. And it was Steve, Del Curry, and Jay Billis. And they, those guys would go out here in the community and do a lot of stuff. And so he had a good relationship with them. And so just in the middle of, you know, me and Jeff, you know, spent a lot of time together and you know, just kind of talking and chatting and, and doing some work. 
I just kind of revealed to him like, hey, this is kind of the next chapter that I kind of want to do. I'd love to run an athlete's foundation. But the key was it had to be someone who I vibed with that had the same morals with me, um, that that kind of were on the same wavelength. And he was like, you need to talk to Steve. And I'm like, OK, well, I don't know. him. like, I crossed paths with him a couple of times, but I, I did not know him at all. And so he literally called Steve there on the spot and Steve didn't pick up. So then the next day, I think Jeff hit me back up and he's like, hey, Steve didn't pick up. His wife had went into labor with their youngest son, Deuce. So I'm like, all right, well, that's a pretty valid excuse. <laughs> and so um, so that didn't happen. And, and I'll make a, a really long story pretty short. Pretty much a whole year goes by and I heard nothing else from this. So I'm like, all right, that was a cool little moment, but this isn't going to happen. And about a year later, Steve's actually in Baltimore at this time. This was the offseason in between him going from Carolina to Baltimore. And so he's in Baltimore and I get this call from Jeff. And he's like, hey, remember when I reached out to Steve? And I'm like, yeah. And he said, hey, well, Steve wants to talk to you about running this foundation. I'm like, all right, cool. Do you mind if I give him your number? And I'm like, that's that's fine. Not thinking anything of it. And so my role with Dick Sporting Goods, I was I was um, very mobile. I had to go to Pittsburgh a lot. That's where their headquarters is. And so I, I had to be very mobile. And a lot, a lot of it was working from home. And so I just so happened to be working from home one day. And at this point in time, I have my oldest daughter, Mia, um, at home with me. And so this, my phone rings and it's a number that I don't recognize. And I typically don't pick them up, but something just told me that day, meant pick up the phone and I pick it up and it's, and it's uh, hey, this is Steve Smith Sr., want to talk to Gerard, you came well recommended to to me about running my foundation. And my daughter had just fallen asleep. So I just kind of tossed her in her crib. <laughs> and um, and we talked for we talked for like an hour. And it was probably out of that hour, maybe 15 minutes was work related. And then after that, um, he invited me to his to his house, maybe that following Monday. And then put some, he told me, put some thoughts together, you know, put together what you think you do. I go over to his house. We talked for another two hours. And out of that two hours, probably 30 minutes was work related. And so if you guys, you know, you guys have been around us a little bit, if you know, like we're we're pretty much brothers. And so it's been like that literally from day one, from the time that he interviewed me until today. You know, that's how we operate. We're really close. And, and the, the cool thing about all the work that we do is because I really feel like because both he and I have been on the other side, we both grew up you know, underserved housing. Um, he grew up on the West Coast. I grew up here right outside of Charlotte and Lexington. So we both kind of grew up, you know, not in the, the best of neighborhoods and, and not of the best backgrounds, but we're always community focused because we are that, right? So we we understand the needs of some of these families because we've lived them. And, and I think that's what makes it authentic. I think that's what makes the approach authentic. And I think because I, to, to circle, you know, everything back together, I think because I have had so much of this, whether it's corporate experience or sports experience, I bring that to the table. And that's why you see a lot of our stuff tends to be, you know, sometimes a little bit more polished or a little bit more direct, but it's also very much intentional. So so that's how we started working together. And that's kind of how our paths kind of got tied in together. I love it. You know, so I got the opportunity to meet you and, and actually hear Steve mm-hmm. uh, speak and one of the the unique things in our world is is we get to work with a lot of nonprofits and and we really feel that we can be a resource for them. Um, 
But there's a difference between working with just a nonprofit and then one that's represented by a celebrity or someone that's a sports athlete. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to work with the Cam Newton Foundation, uh, Greg mm-hmm. Olson's The Hardest Yard, uh, D'Angelo Williams, Jeff Gordon. And it, it's really, I think, touching to see somebody that has that platform to be able to make a big difference. But one of the things that really stuck with me was when Steve was speaking and he goes to these events and everybody wants to talk about football. Everybody wants to ask him about like years playing football. Mm-hmm. But Steve was very intentional that he wants to talk about other things. He wants to talk about being yeah. a father. He wants to talk about, you know, your community. How can you support them? And and I remember I, I raised my hand and asked a question. I said, this is not football <laughs> related. And Steve goes sprinting across the room. And, and hugs you. Yeah. And, I, and he's like, I love you, man. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, Steve Smith just hugged me, almost broke me. But he told me he loves me. And it and it, it touched me. It's something I'll never forget. But it's also every time I, I see or hear about the Steve Smith Foundation, it makes me realize like that Steve is, is real. He wants to make change. He doesn't want to go into a room where he might have minimal time. And I don't want to say waste, but spend all that time talking about football. He wants to challenge the people in the room. So when they leave, they are a better a member of our community. And I just applaud him. I applaud any celebrity or, or, or athlete that takes that stage. But obviously, it takes someone like you on the back end to keep them tight, make sure the message is, is correct. Um, so so that was just a quick story that I wanted to tell you. But I want to go into, you know, Steve is very passionate about domestic violence and his background. You know, what motivates you not only with the foundation, but what drives you to get out of bed every morning uh, to make this the best charity, the best foundation you can? And, and I want to hear a little bit about that connection because it's not about money or a job. It, it's way more than that with you. And and, uh, and I'd love for you to tell our audience about it. Yeah. So I teased a little bit the, the last question, but I grew up Lexington, North Carolina. So about 40 minutes north of Charlotte, you know, right outside Winston-Salem. And so small town, but the thing about small towns, I think a lot of people forget is that they're just microcosms of what goes on in, in larger cities, right? So Charlotte, LA, New York, it's the, the same thing. So some of the stuff that even we're seeing now with, you know, and I won't go on a tangent, but some of the stuff you see now with systemic racism and you see with just uh, just systems that have been in place in a lot of these towns, it's not just big cities. It's 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 small rural towns as well. And so I grew up in, in a town that was similar to that. And then I, I grew up with a, a, a lot of the same issues that 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 plague a lot of black and brown communities. I, I came up in a single parent home. It was just me and my mom. We had a pretty unique family unit that it was me, my mom, my aunt, my grandmother and my cousin all in the same house. We lived in the projects until I was about nine or 10 years old. And then we moved to a little bit better house, but still, you know, liquor house around the corner, still, you know, uh, a drug house down the street. So that's just how I grew up. And that's what I knew. But also my mom had had her own struggles with domestic violence and had been a victim before I was born with her husband. That's not my father. So I've, I've been able to experience it. And I think that's, again, that's re- what really makes it unique is that I've had these learned experiences and I've been on the other side. I've, I've been part of YMCA after school programs. I've been part of uh, an organization back in Lexington called Project Potential, which I'm, I'm really excited about that I get to be a part of now, but they give scholarships to youth who, again, are facing Maybe they have a clearly the, the title speaks a lot, but they have potential. Maybe they have really good grades. They have they demonstrate a lot of positivity, but maybe they have something in their background that 
you know, pre prevents them, whether it's poverty, whether it's social economic, whether it's not a two parent household, whatever the case may be, they assist them. And so I got a scholarship from them, you know, coming out of high school. So things like that, I, I just realized being on the other side just makes me so much appreciative now that I have a little bit more abundance. It's what drives me because I'm, I'm not in any way disassociated with it. I still try to do my best, you know, back home and here in Charlotte and wherever I can just to just to do more. And so that's just it's what drives me. It's it's what keeps me motivated. And it's it's just I, I want to pass that down to my kids, too. I, I don't want them to ever think that they are disassociated from anything. I want them to know that, you know, the, the little Johns that we serve. And to your point, that's that is regardless of the Steve Smith Foundation. My, my last name is Little John. And so we're going to be a family that serves. We're going to be a family that thinks community first. And we already do that. A, a really cool story I'll tell you is you mentioned the Hall of Fame. And I haven't I haven't told this story out, out in public. We we were leaving the Hall of the Hall of Honor game. And so we were all up in the suite and we were having a great time. My whole family was there. Me, my wife, my son, my um, who's only at that point in time, he was like three months. He's 10 months now. So my son and my daughter, who's who's five. And so we were leaving the game and we were headed back to the parking lot. And of course, you see it a lot of times. You, there was a homeless. There were two homeless men that were sitting outside on our way back to the parking lot. And we're trying to, you know how it is after a game, like you're trying to hurry up, get to your car, leave out. Right. And, and, and try to beat traffic. And so my daughter's like, hey, daddy, we need to help them. I'm like, come on, we got to get in the car. Come on, come on. She's like, but daddy, we need to help. And it hit me like my daughter's five and she wants to help and give these these men money. And I, and I had to check myself because my priority, and that's we're, we're, we've all been in that scenario, right? But I had to check myself that my five-year-old daughter wants to help these men. One was a vet, one wasn't. I remember it like it was yesterday. One was a vet, one wasn't. And so she wanted to help them. So what did we do? We turned back around and we gave them money. And that's not me trying to be self-serving. It's also that at that point in time, I had to check myself that my daughter's listening. My daughter understands that we put community first and that we serve. And so I, I cannot nullify her the chance to do what has been put on her heart. And so we turned our tails back around and we did it. And so that's the cool part is that it's being passed down and that she understands it. And, and, and that's, that's it for me. As long as I can use my platform to inspire other people and to get other people to serve and to, and to think about those who don't always have access, then I'm doing my job. And that's the things that keep me motivated. What a great story, man. Thank you for sharing that. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, I mean, especially in this time, we all need to listen, right? Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing that because it gives perspective on where you came from and where you are today. And look at the success you're experiencing from your hard work. Thank you. And doing great for others. I mean, it's very important. Um, let's dive a little bit into, you know, what exactly you're doing for women and families in this situation through the Steve Smith Foundation. So the biggest thing that, that we do is back in 2016, we launched the Smith Family Wellness Center, which is a free medical and, and counseling center that we have right on the east, the east side of Charlotte. It's on the corner of Eastway and Central Avenue. And so to date, we've served nearly 5,000 people with free medical and counseling care. The medical side has is, is, is operated by Project 658. If, I think you guys have done some work with them before, but fantastic organization over on the east side of Charlotte that does a lot with families of color, immigrants, 
undocumented, just a, a wide range of folks that's right there on the east side of Charlotte. Um, and, and then just straight up American folks, right? Black and brown folks that are just here. So they do an amazing job there on the east side of Charlotte. And we also work with Novant Health that helps us lift up and they give us staff, they give us resources, they give us a number of things and, and, and they've been a great partner as well. The counseling side has, has really been the thing that number one, Steve mandated himself because, and, and I'll, I'll never forget this quote, we were, we had been meeting for a series of meetings and we were just kind of thinking about this opportunity when we got a chance to, to partner with Price 658 on it. And he said, listen, we can get as many machines in here. And I'm paraphrasing, we can get as many machines as here as, as we want to, but there's no machine that can measure someone's heart. And, and we've got to be able to have counseling, knowing that he's going through counseling. I've, I've gone through counseling myself, uh, you know, just, just knowing that that was a need and we have it in there. And that's been one of the things to where we provide trauma counseling or our counselor is trauma informed, which is, which is widely sought after in, in that industry. So she's trauma informed Diana that does a lot of great work with uh, restoring families, families who may have gone through domestic violence, families that again, have had some sort of trauma or abuse, and then just, you know, from the mental health component, so many families that that's been something that's been stig uh, uh, stig um, stigmatized a lot. And so we just try, we just try to do our best in trying to serve as much as we can. We also partner with a number of domestic violence shelters. We've done work with Safe Alliance here in Charlotte. We've done work with Turning Point down in Monroe, up in Baltimore, House of Ruth. So we've always tried to figure out whether it's renovating a, a living quarters or we've uh, we've also reinvigorated kind of an outdoor living space down at Turning Point. We've donated money to programming up in Baltimore. So we just try to do as much as we can to help women and families, because again, we've, you know, for, for, for Steve and myself, we've, we've seen it and, and we've seen how families can come, can come out of that. And I think Oftentimes in domestic violence, we think of let's hurry up and get someone into a shelter. And that's great in an emergency situation. But families, just like any other family, families have to be restored. Families have to be rebuilt. And so we're really on the the back end part of that. And, and the counseling part of our of our clinic has, has really been the, the part that's taken off. All of it is important. But the counseling part has really been, to my, in my opinion, kind of that stake in the ground and, and what we're really known for, because I think we get a chance to just kind of help in the continuum of uh, incident emergency services and then restoration. And that's kind of our, that's kind of our end. So that's really starting to be our bread and butter. And, and it's, and it's really good that we've been able to, you know, be able to, to provide those services here in Charlotte. That's amazing. I, um, I think one of the things that people love about Steve Smith is just his, his honesty. You know, he, he's real mm -hmm. and maybe that got him in trouble when he was, was playing football. But I think now if you look at 2020, the thing people need in their life more than anything is, is real it is somebody mm -hmm. that tells you like it is that somebody that's not going to sugarcoat it, whether that, you know, is uncomfortable or not. And I think Steve really challenges that notion, but I think he really, really dives into it when he talks about mental health and his bout with depression, right? I think there's a lot of people in America that could sit here and go, well, how can you be depressed? You're a millionaire. You played in the, you played football forever. And, and I think that's as real as you can get somebody that, that kind of has hit the peak of a profession has made their money, but also 
has the same issues that everyone goes through, right? With that type of depression. So coming out and saying, not only this is what I've had to go through, how I've dealt with that, and then educating people on top of that. What is it like working with Steve and with you even announcing a minute ago that you had gone through counseling as well? You guys just seem like real folks that that you're not sugarcoating anything and you want to make an impact. And it obviously starts from the leaders of that organization. And I'm just curious to, to, to hear a little bit more about that. I mean, you, you, you just kind of touched on it. We're real. And I think that the minute that you think that people can become disassociated just because of what they may have achieved or what they have done in life, they're regular human beings. So when Steve can talk about his bout with depression, and then I can say that I've, I've battled depression and, and mental health as well. Now we, now we have a common denominator, right? Just like with anyone else. So Steve's no different than the guy who, you know, goes and grabs a coffee at Rhino Market and, 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 or, or anyone else, right? And so that, that is just how, yeah, to your point, that's how we have a relationship. We're, we're very real. We're, we're very authentic. I check him. He checks me. It's, it's, it's a really refreshing relationship and, and it's a brotherhood. But I, I think that people gravitated towards that story when he published that, you know, with, with NFL Network, gosh, almost, two years ago, I believe it's, it's, it's one of those things that you, you do, you, you do see a guy on the field that is um, that is, you know, doesn't take any crap who is full of confidence and bravado or, or anything else, but just like anyone else, when he, when he unbuckles his chin strap and when he takes off the shoulder pads, he's a regular guy with, with regular issues, just like anyone else who's, who's had trauma, just like anyone else. And so I think that inspired people because it did make it real. It did make it attainable and it, and it made, and it gave people a realization that, Hey, me too. And, and I think that's what people, people love the me too moments. And whether that has been, I experienced those with just people that you have conversations with friends, associates, people at church, wherever, wherever you are, or however you have interactions with people, People love the me too moment. And so when you strike that chord with someone else to say, oh, man, me too. I think that's when you that's when you really find, I guess, a breakthrough moment for, for lack of anything else. But, yeah, that's 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 who he is. And, and that's how we apply things. And I, I honestly think that's why we have success is because we're able to just make things authentic and create spaces where we invite people in and we work with partners and and that that gets us in the door beyond his name it's really what we do and and we always lead with what we do and i i think that has given us success and i think that will continue to give us success because we lead with the why and we don't hide it and again i th- i just think that's why we've had success love it i'm i'm curious like with covid-19 and depression <laughs> and mental health and domestic violence. Have you all through your networks and the people you serve seen a spike in issues from stay at home orders and, you know, us not being able to socialize like we were three or four months ago? Yeah. So I'll, I'll say when, when COVID first hit, we did try to think of what, how can we immediately help? And so we partnered with Elevation Church and our good buddy, Jonathan and, and Natalie Stewart, his wife. And so we just tried to figure out, Hey, what can we do? And so we 
worked with an organization called Convoy of Hope, and we brought in about 60,000 pounds worth of relief supplies that we were able to distribute wow. at our clinic and around some other locations here in Charlotte. So we we probably, that was about 35 grand that we were able to invest right when everything happened. That was probably early March or so. And then to your point, that that has been widely publicized that domestic violence cases have seen a spike because of stay-at-home orders. We have seen you know, some more activity within our clinic, but it, it wouldn't be fair of me to associate that to that. But I also think it's just a number of factors, right? People are losing their jobs. People are um, just to even tying back to the mental health aspect, right? Like people are stuck in the house and so many things are going on. And then you add this level of just the, the, the uprisings and now this, this, this nationwide, you know, outrest because of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and, and all these other things. So I, I just think people are hurting. And the good thing about our clinic is that we do provide that space for people, regardless of how they're being funneled in, we're able to give them a place where, where they can go and, and, and widely because our subset of people are people who are uninsured, who are underinsured, who have, these are the folks who have been marginalized and will continue to be marginalized because of the economic downturn of, of COVID-19 and, and everything going on. So we have already been working with this population. And now be, because of COVID and, and you hear about how it has drastically impacted communities of color, families of color, we, we've been doing this for since 2016. So we we know all about it. And again, that's not to be self-serving, but it's, it is something that you'll see us, you know, the rest of this year and and going forward, trying to figure out exactly how we can help more in that manner, because we're we're not even through the beginning of the woods yet. And I think that as long as we can continue to be there for this subset of people who, like I said, are, are underserved or low income or, or whatever label that you want to that you want to put on people, we just want to make sure we're there for those those people who, uh, and be a voice for people who are vo voiceless is, is really what we've always done. It's been part of our mission statement and what we'll, we'll continue to do. You know, I think, uh, I can speak on behalf of everyone in Charlotte and I'm just going to do that anyways and say, <laughs> you know, we're, we're honored to have you and Steve as, as leaders in our community. You know, I think, Appreciate that. uh, I, after meeting Steve, I remember I would watch NFL network and I always love, you know, what he does. But the reality is now I look at Steve and it's like, man, that dude represents Charlotte, right? And it's not just yeah. football. Like that guy represents our community. That guy's making a difference. And when I say that guy, I mean you as well and everybody that's connected to that. <laughs> and one of the sure. things we we started this podcast um, and I love bringing on nonprofits, but it's all about connecting the dots, right? So so our audience, the people that, that are in our network, we want to be able to support you. And, and so let us know what is the best way that people that are listening to this podcast, people in our community, what is the best way for them to support you? And then also what's the best way for them to get in touch with you uh, so they can make that next step. And whether that's an organization or an individual, would love to know what you guys need and, and how we can help facilitate that. So I can probably kill two birds with one stone and just push everyone to our website, which we just reskinned. We just redesigned it and launched it yesterday. So time of oh, this is great, but nice. got a brand new website. Yeah. Steve Smith family, FDN.org. Go on there. We have everything from our most re recent clinic numbers. We've had just in, you know, just in this year, we've had, we've had, uh, 
1,945 appointments just this year. Even if I speak specific to COVID, we've had a lot of stuff we had to do. We had to shift and do a lot more stuff around telehealth. So we had a little over three, we've had a little over 300 telehealth counseling appointments. So even with stay at home orders and everything going on, we've still been able to, again, provide counseling, provide medical assistance to people um, who need it. So we've been able to shift um, very successfully to, to telehealth and we've, we've, um, gosh, we've distributed over-the-counter medicines for people who need it, maybe around 150 families, I think. Um, 658 has done an amazing job distributing gift cards to people who need it. So whether that is to pick up stuff at Walmart, to pick up, you know, just have food and food boxes. So they've done a great job. But really where I wanted to do is, is really point people back to the website because it lists all of our numeric impact and, 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 our, and our data impact, uh, stevesmithfamilyfdn.org. You can go in there, you can make a donation. And that's cool. You can also sign up for our Team 89, which is when, whenever we get a chance to do this again, but when we have our group volunteering, we like to put our money where our mouth is. And so we, we love to go out and, and, and physically and tangibly serve, whether that's going out and partnering with Beds for Kids and delivering furniture to people who are in need, or whether that is partnering with Dress for Success. And they have women who are coming out of domestic violence incidents, or maybe they've been incarcerated and they're they're help they're trying to get back on their feet and find a job where they can go to dress for success and they can pick out you know job interview clothes and get tips. We've gone in there probably two times now and completely organized their warehouse and and provided support for them. I've mentioned the domestic violence shelters that we've gone into, so we love to go and serve. So that team eighty nine, you can go on on the website. There's a whole page about, you know, our, our impact and the thousands of hours that we've been able to donate back into the community. So yeah, you can go on there. And I just say the thing that, you know, we're looking for is, is partnerships, right? Like how can we cultivate partnerships that are a win for both parties, but ultimately a win for, for our community. So we'd love to have your dollars, of course, right? What any nonprofit that says they don't want your dollars is probably a liar, but but we we really would love your time because you can't get your time back, right? You you that's your most precious resource. So uh, you can sign up to to be a volunteer through our Team Eighty Nine platform, and we're looking at maybe doing some some peer to peer stuff. We we had a great time. We did a virtual five k last month. We raised over fifteen grand. A lot of that was due to people signing up for our Team Eighty Nine peer to peer fundraising program, and people just went out and raised thousands of dollars on their own on our behalf for some of our COVID-19 relief efforts. So we're going to look into doing more of that and figuring out how we can combine that with some, of course, we have some access to some cool stuff, right? But it's, but it's not about that. It's really about how we can make an impact. So yes, yeah, Steve Smith family, fdn.org. You can go on there. You can learn more about us. You can make a donation. You can tell a friend. If you're a corporation, we'd love to partner with you. We work with a ton of amazing organizations from American Airlines, who has representation on our board, they're a deep, deep partner of ours to Enterprise, to we've done a lot of stuff with Verizon, the Morgan Company, Show Mars, Suffolk Punch. I can go on and on. We, we got a ton of, of, of great, Lineberger Orthodontist. We, we just got a ton of amazing partners that have just been with us for a long time and, and that are passionate about our causes and, and passionate about helping us and, and, and sometimes tend to reach out to me first. And so we'll continue to do right by them. But, you know, if there's any corporations that, you know, need help with 
you know, group volunteering, finding a way for it. We, we've, we've done a lot of that, to be honest with you. We've done a lot of group volunteering with other, with other corporations. So yeah, we, we'd, we'd love to figure out different ways to just, to just leverage ourselves in the community, leveraging Steve in the community, but really, again, it goes back to, but we leave with what we do. And so those 5,000 folks that we've been able to serve, how do we make it 10,000? How do we make it 15,000? How do we make it 20, 40, 60, 100, all that stuff? So that's really where we're looking to go. And we've got some we've got some things that we're cooking up in the hopper that we want to be able to do. How, how do we expand? How do we serve more? You know, How do we have other locations? Those are all things that we're having conversations with, with our partners. And so um, we're, we're looking forward to it. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of ways that people can get involved with us and, and, and a lot of ways that we're looking to try to give back. I love it, man. That is, uh, that's fantastic. And, and as we, we, you know, kind of wind, wind down here on this, uh, this episode, if you are listening, please like, share, comment, go check out the website. Um, you know, Gerard, thank you so much for the conversation. I think that's something that, a lot of people need to have, you know, and specifically have conversations with people that are different than you. I, I uh, we recently met with uh, with John and, and Tammy over at YBLA. They told me to tell. Oh, John's really good. Love John. <laughs> we, we love them. Yeah. Man. Amazing people. Awesome. And they do a great thing. And last night they had a live forum that was a conversation and it was really cool. I got to listen in on, on the entire thing. And it was just amazing because it was people having uncomfortable conversations, but conversations that need to be had. And, and I think if the world as a whole, we're a lot more similar than we are or not. So I think that it's amazing that you have found this platform to do better to help out people. The Steve Smith Foundation is something that I think every person in Charlotte and the Carolinas can be proud of. Uh, if you're listening, please check them out. You know, see how you can get involved, see how you can make a difference. And uh, I guarantee you, if you get the opportunity to meet Gerard, uh, you will be impressed. It'll be somebody that you want to be around and, and, and somebody that's going to do amazing things moving in the in the future. So thank you to Steve Smith. Thank you, Gerard. We really do appreciate you joining us on the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you, Gerard. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.